Hello, everyone, and welcome to a somewhat special episode of One for the Table. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. So, my name is Kim Chi. And I'm John Kung, and I'm cooking today, or at least I'm going to try to. So, John's going to try to record a podcast while he's cooking for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so if it sounds like a little crazy, like I'm in the kitchen and stuff, um, that's because I am. And we're just going to, yeah, have a little chit-chat and see if we can do, like, this podcast thing while... I make like dinner and this might be like a more regular thing. So basically we want to give you the experience of like being in John's kitchen as he cooks. Even and though then, I'm in Kim's kitchen right now. Yeah. Well, shh, they don't know that. <laughs> We're just going to be chit-chatting as John makes me a fabulous dinner. Yeah. And what is on the menu? So I know like one of your favorite things is Indian food. Um, And so I thought it would be fun to make you a vegetable curry. Wait, I think we might have cooked the wrong rice then if you're making Indian curry. Oh, it's totally fine. I specifically asked you to make my favorite rice because I think it'll be good with curry. All right. So basically I made the um, short grain Korean rice with like mixed grains. So it has like beans and like black rice and all that good stuff in it. I love Korean mixed grain rice because, A, not only if it, is it, like, so obviously much more healthy because it's got, like, the beans and stuff, but it's just got such great flavor and textural variety, which I, as a Chinese person, always love. Um, but mm-hmm. it's still, like, mild enough that it tastes really good with whatever you cook with it. And so I decided to make a kabocha squash or Japanese pumpkin curry um it will be onion and coconut milk based and yeah i think they'll go really well together and probably look really nice because the curry is like vibrant and yellow and golden and the rice itself is like purple Mm, yum 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 and then you also want to add a little egg for protein right yes we're gonna add eggs as our protein source even though there's protein in the mixed rice because of beady beans Yes, but we can never get enough protein. No, we cannot. Excuse the me as I stab gate. this pumpkin for a second. There we go. Okay, we're fine. This pumpkin oh. is gorgeous. Oh. Pumpkin is like one of my favorite ingredients. Um, Honestly, it's like, it is. I feel like we, as Americans, generally do not eat enough pumpkin in our we, diet. We definitely don't. I mean... It's pretty commonplace to eat, like, like in Japan, I know, interesting enough, kabocha is just, like, is Japanese for pumpkin. But in Australia, if you look at this kabocha squash, they just call this just plain pumpkin in English as well. Um, and I know they eat it a lot over there. It's my favorite. This particular squash is my favorite because it tastes very sweet. Um, it tastes pretty much as sweet at times as delicata squash, but it's pr- available year-round unlike delicata squash. And delicata squash is like these smaller, longer, very soft-skinned um, squashes that you can only get like around late summer, early fall, I think. And a lot of people try to like peel the outside, but the outside is totally edible too, yes, right? Yes, the outside cooked? of both squashes are acorn squash as well is totally edible. Um, Oh, God damn it. Hold on. Butter. Butter. Stop it. Butter. My dog has to eat everything that falls on the floor. He's eating a pumpkin seed. I got it. No, like... A, he would totally... I, I think... I'm, I'm pretty sure these ones are safe for dogs. Um, I, I've heard stories of, like, dogs eating squash seeds and then pooping in the garden and then, like, plants growing <laughs> in the garden. I mean, I would love that. I would love, like, <laughs> squash growing in my garden. Just in case we're going to be safe and not let him eat that. I always have to be so careful whenever I chop onion and garlic, which are poisonous to dogs. And when you try to, like, vine chop onion or garlic, it's so easy to, like, you know, for it to, like, fall on the floor. Right. So I'm, like, I feel like I'm playing with death as I'm, like, trying to chop my vegetables. (laughs) Especially because, like, butter. My dogs will, like, not eat things on the floor that generally they can't. So they won't eat garlic. 
Um, they won't eat onions. Though, anytime I've seen them eat something that has fallen on the floor, it's been something that's been safe for them to eat. Like they won't even touch mm -hmm. grapes if it like rolls on the floor. And I'll, I'll. But um, butter has a tendency. Butter, what are you eating now? That's a rock. Stop it. Literally, butter will eat anything and everything if he can fit into his mouth. Like he'll eat it. <sighs> so, anyways, um, a couple of squash. I also like a tempura fried. Oh yeah, that's really good too. That's really, it's so really good. good. It's like a tempura. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, I like it steamed and like, I also like it like poached, poached in like dashi is very nice as well. I'm actually going to try cutting these nicely because I'm doing it for oh. like, not me. Also, you can like cut the top off and like cook like an egg custard in the inside. Yes. That's, that's a brilliant idea. I've never thought about doing that. You've never had that? No. Poaching an egg inside a kabocha squash. It's not poaching, but you make a basically like an egg custard. Ooh, so like a uh, chawan mushi or like things I done inside a... Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Like that sounds nice. And by steaming it, you know? Ooh, I've never had... I'm going to have to try that and maybe make a TikTok out of it. Yes, please. Why don't you make a TikTok out of it? You cook on your, on your TikTok. I can't let people know that I'm competent. <laughs> People won't stop doing things for me when they know I can do... Oh, this time you've been able to change your own light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> so while John is visiting, um, he changed all the light bulbs in my house for me. I don't know if it's because I'm, like, ignorant or, like, low maintenance. But in my house, when the light bulbs go out, they go out. And I'll just, like, stay in the dark. In my previous apartment... All the light bulbs like eventually went out, and when my friends were FaceTime me, they're like, "Why are you sitting in the dark?" And I'm like, oh, "I just never thought about it." <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's like the light bulbs are the kind that are like built into the fixtures in your ceiling, so they're not like so easily taken off. Like I had to use the screwdriver and stuff to get them out. So I don't blame you, but at the same time, like you, you shouldn't be in the dark in there. I know. I need to be glowing at all times. <laughs> Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> Tell me. What other ingredients aside from the squash are you using in this curry? Um, so this is going to be an onion-based curry. So what I will do is I will dice and saute some onions. And in that... I will put in uh, also garlic and ginger. We have garlic, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah, we have garlic. We do have, we do have garlic. Uh, so I'll saute some onions, uh, ginger, and garlic. And then in that, I will add the curry powder and sweat the onions out. Uh, and add coconut milk to that. And then once everything is nice and soft, I'll add it to a blender and make like a nice curry. Uh, I'll make the sauce um, out of it. Um, I'll also add some like whole spices, whatever spices you have. Maybe like my spice. Mm -hmm. Master stock seasoning can actually take the place of garam masala in a pinch. If you don't have actual garam masala, you can use my master stock seasoning. It'll be okay. Oh yeah, John. In case you don't know, John Dark. Sung Kong has like a lineup of spices, <laughs> which also includes master stock seasoning through Burlap and Barrel. Oh, thank We're, you. I am not sponsored to say this, but John probably is. <laughs> well, i'm not sponsored those are mine oh they're yours okay <laughs> well support your local support local drag pro. support okay. local chef drag uh anyways and the master stock spice blend is like something i haven't been figuring out how to use so yeah so because it um because like it, it's a Chinese or Cantonese based seasoning, there's a lot of there's some a good amount of anise flavoring in there, which has that licoricey flavor that a lot of people find like very polarizing. Um, and I really think that like licorice has done like licorice candy has done so much to like damage and traumatize the palates of so many people because it's actually delicious. Um, and once you cook with it that flavor disappears and just turns into like a sweetness enhancing uh element so it makes your pumpkins taste sweeter it makes your sweet potatoes taste sweeter it makes all your vegetables 
taste like a sweeter version of themselves. But because like it smells like licorice before you use it, people are hesitant to use it. But I think people should like, in general, just do the work and try to fall back in love with that flavor. Just don't eat the candy or the well, jelly that beans. That, licorice. That that fall, but... Oh, sorry. I was about to say like mm. licorice, like licorice jelly beans in a bag full of jelly beans that would otherwise be like tart is is like the worst thing ever. It is, but also like it's not that America needs to like fall back in love. It's just we don't know how to use licorice aside from like shitty candy. Like yeah. where is licorice ever used in American cooking? That's true. Um I don't know. We well if you use star anise, if you use fennel, if you use anise seed, um you don't have to use licorice root to have that kind of flavor. So if you use those, you use that licorice flavor in your cooking. But otherwise, like if you if you don't, you really don't have any experience with it. But one thing that people like don't tell you is like licorice or that flavor, that anethyl flavor, it makes things sweeter without adding sugar. So it's actually a sweetness enhancing thing. It's not adding anything to it. It enhances innate sweetness, which is why I like using it. Um, it's a flavor enhancer in the way that like MSG is a flavor enhancer for savory. I mean, I'm not going to lie as someone who cooks pretty frequently and cooks frequently with like different spices too. Uh Licorice is like cooking with licorice is like a whole new territory that like, I feel like someone needs to like show me like step by step. Yeah. And give me a tasting. Otherwise, like I just won't ever do it on my own. Well, and I'm sure it's like the most. Same way, like, for a lot of listeners, too. Yeah. Well, we will be working with it here. And all I'll be doing is, like, literally sprinkling it in to the sauce on top of, like, Mm. on top of the onions while it's sautéing. Like, there's no special way to do it. You Mm. uh, You use the powdered stuff just as you would use any other seasoning mix. It just needs to be cooked a little bit in oil, whether it be by itself or with onions and garlic, just so it can activate. Um, by heat and release the fragrance and aroma, and then you'll be all good. Mm. All right. Well, can't wait to try it. Yeah. And for those of you at home, if you ever want to use licorice in an easy way, get John's Master Stuck for lemon Barrel Spice. <laughs> Look at me doing all the promotion work for you. I, know, I feel like we're on QVC right now. <laughs> for the next 20 minutes the first 20 colors get not only one but two speaking of like qvc for the millennial age i thought it was so cool that i saw like kimchi chic beauty doing the tiktok live thing the sales thing the other day yes yeah, so um every day um so now tiktok is i'm um, working with brands um to make shopping easy for people and kimchi beauty is actually one of the first brands that um tiktok is directly working with um so every day from 4 p.m to 6 p.m pacific time so that would be um 7 p.m eastern um to 6 p.m central where it starts um Kimchi Chick Beauty goes live, like on TikTok, and basically we offer like a special sale every day and like giveaway and things like that. So check it out. Our host Christian, she's like a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous girl. She's so funny. Um, and then I join in the live sometimes too, and we make it really easy to um see the products yourself and try out the products. And again, like special sales and giveaways. So it's really amazing how this all just like how this like I guess new media wave that was TikTok and how what Instagram was trying to do and like to an extent YouTube actually was is trying to do like it all mm-hmm. it's all turning into like QVC for Gen Z and Millennials. Yeah. <laughs> well I don't know. Instagram is like messed up because they the tried it are... so hard, and they tried it too fast, I think. Because remember when they put that shopping yeah. button where they thought the post button was? Yes. That whole mess. And no one wanted to use it. Nobody wanted to use it because they didn't, like... 
they didn't ease it in and they didn't like involve any of the content creators. They were just like, hey, shop for this thing. Did you ever go yeah. into that? Oh, I mean, like we all accidentally clicked into it. That I thing thought I, I was the most. It, but, like, it's just like none of the products like looked welcoming. It was just like, it just looked like a catalog. It looked like a catalog and mine was just so stereotypically gay. It was just like shirtless guys mm-hmm. hawking underwear and stuff. And I was like, this is not... I don't know who you think I am, but you don't have it. This is not it. Yeah, mine was too. Mine was like makeup and then like gay underwear and then like pet collars. <laughs> it, was, it was such a misfire. It was awful. The thing is, Instagram would be so successful. Just keep, just give people what they want, which is um, show people that, you know, like people's content in chronological order. Yes. And then maybe, like, between, like, the Instagram, like, videos or whatever, like, throw in an ad. And maybe throw in, like, an ad between, like, the chronological order. You know, targeted ads. Yeah. And they'd be so much more successful. It's just all people want. It, I want to see the people that I follow, <laughs> content they post in chronological order. And I want to scroll till, like, I've scrolled it all. So I've seen all their content. But instead... It's showing me content from people I don't follow or don't even ever want to follow. And then I see it under my timeline and it pisses me off because I'm seeing this content that I do not want to see mm-hmm. while my friend's content is like hidden. Yeah. It just seems like Instagram had has done like all the research and on what people want, but they're all run by like people who hate people and so they design things off of that data based on the fact that they like just have no idea like how people actually interact and how people actually consume content it's like trying to trying to ask robots with no emotions whatsoever Mm -hmm. to like build someone a house it probably works but it's probably gonna be like functional and depressing and not intuitive at all and also, Instagram needs to, like, stop trying to be TikTok. You'll never be TikTok. It's true. Like, that's just be you. Instagram will never be TikTok, and that's why they, like, lobbied Congress to shut it down. Yeah. Which is so dirty. Yeah, well, that's that's meta for you, though. <sighs> which is funny, because the only presence that we have on this podcast is an Instagram page. Mm. <laughs> well, there goes our engagement. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is like, well, shut them down. I see ya. <laughs> Give the account to the hackers. <laughs> but okay, let's try not to spiral today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about the the last episode where we kind of like sank into like a little mini depression, and we didn't mm-hmm. even we were not even sponsored by BetterHelp. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like, "Oh, just give them a coupon code." <laughs> but um, call us. We are very much looking for sponsors. <laughs> Since you're over there, will you um fluff the rice? Yes. That's like one thing my mom taught me when I was making rice. As soon as like the um rice is done in the rice cooker, you have to fluff the rice and then let it sit for ten more minutes in the rice cooker. The rice cooker actually, like, will beep after an extra 10 minutes after it's done for that reason. But you still have to fluff it. What do you use to fluff your rice? Um, I use, like, a rice paddle, but that's, like, they're, like, serrated, so the rice doesn't stick to it. Uh-huh. But I fluff it by, like, almost, like, cutting into the rice. Yeah. And not, like, scooping and pressing it down, if that makes any sense. I use chopsticks to fluff the rice. Uh, hopefully not metal chopsticks. No. Wooden chopsticks. Thank God. You know better. Yes, I do know better. I know Butter, too, who's sitting right here, waiting for me to drop something. Mm-hmm. How's the rice? Is it delicious? Mm-hmm. Did it turn out good? Perfect. I did something right today. <laughs> it's so fragrant, too. Mm. Mm. And also, how good was lunch today? Oh, for so for lunch, we got naengmyeon, which is Korean noodles. I remember the first time you took me to one of those, uh, to that restaurant, because that was the first time. Oh, what was that, that restaurant called? Yuchun. Yuchun. 
Yeah, that was my first naengmyeon experience, and I was like blown away. Most delicious cold noodle I had ever eaten in my life. It was so so good, and I was so happy to go back. So if you've never had naengmyeon before, it is a dish that is very unique to Korea, and you won't find it in any other country. So what makes it so special is um, the noodles are made with I think like buckwheat or something, but it's really thin, but Super, super chewy. And what makes this noodle special? It is the noodle comes in a beef broth that is frozen. Now, it may sound weird if you've like never had it before, but it's not fatty. It's not um, greasy at all. Like, all the fat has been like completely skimmed off. So it's left with like the clear essence of like the beef. Um, that is like frozen like- into like a sushi. It is. It has like the clarity and thinness of pho, would you say? But without even without like all the fat little pieces. Of yeah, the yeah, top, yeah, yeah. Just completely clear, and that's been turned into like a slushy, and then the noodles served in that broth with like cucumbers, a little pickled like radish, and like a little dollop of like chili paste, but it's not like hot, mm-hmm. and a ton of sesame seeds. And then you can add, like, vinegar and hot mustard to it if you want to make it a little tangier. It is, like, the perfect dish for the summer. It really is. And, and then um, you usually get, like, a meat on the side with it, like a greasy meat, because um, the noodle cuts through the meat. That's a kalbi, right? Yeah. And they offer, like, a little kalbi and cold noodle combo, mm-hmm. which we all got. Yeah, it was like the perfect lunch. Um, I also like like the super the super pungent mustard that they eat with it. It's almost like a horseradish mustard. It was it's really really strong. Mm-hmm. It's the kind that like really clears your sinuses. Uh, I can never get enough of that noodle. I feel like I could eat it every day if I could. Yeah, I like sulung tong in the winter and then yangmen in the summer. Even though you're supposed to eat like like in Korean culture, you're supposed to eat. <laughs> Hot food in the summer and cold food in the winter. So your body temperature is like same as like inside and outside. Yeah. But you know what? It's just hot food feels good in the winter and cold food feels good in the summer. Yeah. You can't help it. I agree. I mean like hot hearty food, it helps you stay warm and it does such a good job. Like I can try to like wear like warm socks and stuff and whatever um in the winter time but honestly nothing gets my hands and my feet warm better than like a really like gingery chicken soup mm. and it just like it gets into your blood or however it does and it just does such a good job of just like warming your feet for like at least a few hours unless you keep yes. drinking it um i like my chicken soup with ton of garlic uh-huh. like a lot yeah like when you think like you put in enough garlic like Put more in. Yeah. Agreed. And also with lots of black pepper. Yeah. I like white pepper. And then if I'm feeling extra flirty, mm-hmm. maybe just like a little couple dabs of Tabasco. Ooh. Okay. You know, Tabasco and like chicken soup. What's your favorite Tabasco kind? Do you like the original? The original, yeah. I like their habanero one. Because mm. it's like spicy, but it actually has flavor to it too. Uh, the original has a flavor to it too. Yeah. I just don't think it's spicy enough. Mm. I feel like the beauty of Tabasco is like the combination of acidity with the spiciness. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I also like their are... Chipotle one. Their Chipotle one's pretty good too. The Chipotle one's good, too. Um, I know sometimes, like, when, obviously, because, you know, I grew up, like, dirt poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes our dinner will be, like, rice with, like, deli ham slice with, like, Tabasco on it. <laughs> I mean, that'll do the job. Yeah. It is all very nostalgic. When is your heart out again? I don't have a heart out. I mean, it's a fitting. I mean. What are you getting fitted for? For a gown. Yeah. Because a drag queen can never have enough gown. Of course not. You mad, bro? 
Might be a little jealous. I want a gown. I'd rock a gown. Also, one of my um, favorite curry is chana masala, which is made oh. of chickpeas. Yeah, chana masala is so good. I feel like chickpea as like an ingredient is also like so like underappreciated. It really is. I mean, at least in the in the in America, it is. Like people use chickpeas probably most for hummus, which is really good, and I do love me a hummus. But like. Just eating, and probably like a garbanzo bean salad or something. I'll check the garlic to make sure like it's not moldy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes like the um the pre-peeled garlic gets moldy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. Yeah, it's good. Check the bottom of the bag too. You never know. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, one of my favorite um recipe to make with hummus is um with pasta. It's, and oh, it's very simple. I heard about using hummus and pasta. It I think I saw Korean great. vegan do it for noodles. Oh, does she? Yeah. I've never tried it. I should try that. That sounds really, really... It probably is super creamy, right? You can literally boil, like, any pasta and then um, put, like, hummus in a bowl and then you water it out with hot pasta water. Mm-hmm. And then you toss the pasta in there and just, like, coat it thoroughly. And then if it's, like, a little too thick, add a little more pasta water. And then you can chop in, like, any herbs that you have. I actually like to add, um, like, a couple, like, tablespoons of, like, chimichurri in there. Damn, that's delicious. Because it's already, like, seasoned, like, herb with, like, olive oil, you know? Yeah. And then it's just, like, the easiest dinner, which, and it's healthy. Yeah, it's not, that's a lot of protein. Especially, like, if you use, like, that protein, uh, that chickpea pasta, too, like, that buns and mm-hmm. stuff. And it actually fills you up very, very quickly. Oh, I bet. So, yeah, hummus pasta, try it if you have a chance. And then report back and tell us what you thought or how what you did with it because we like to hear about stuff that you do. Yeah, so we've been posting more on our um, One for the Table Instagram. So go ahead and give us a follow to um, keep us with our everyday shenanigans too. Yeah, basically, I'm turning, at least for us, because we both have, like, access to that Instagram program page, right? As if you can Mm -hmm. tell, we get into arguments with each other on the story sometimes. But um, normally, I don't, like, post other people's restaurants and foods and stuff on my personal Instagram. Um, But now, like, because going out to eat is such a big part of, like, what we do and what we talk about here, I'm like, yes. Like, now I can finally, like, post, like, other restaurant stuff somewhere and, like, show them off and stuff. Because before mm-hmm. it was, like, confusing. If I was posting, like, other people's food, people thought, like, I cooked it and would ask for the recipe. And I was like, eh, I don't know how it's made. Oh. Um, you know? And you're like, yeah, this is not my food. Yeah, it's not my food. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my name. That's, That's not, not my, my name. name. That makes sense. Yeah, so the Instagram handle is at number one. For the table. Yes. That's our branding. <laughs> so what are you doing now? So now I am just mincing the garlic and ginger. Um, mm-hmm. Normally I would put this and like grind this up in like a porcelain grinder or like a mortar and pestle. Pestle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I never know how to say that. Mortar and pestle or pestle. Mortal and pestle. Oh, butter's chewing on something again. Hold on. Butter. Get that out of your mouth. I think it's mortal and pestle. I think it's mortar and pestle, too. There we go. Ugh. Gross. What was he chewing on this time? Huh? It was an it was like a piece of ginger that fell out of fell on the floor. Oh my god, this dog, you're so ravenous. <laughs> When will you ever be satisfied? What else is in your mouth now? Oh, now there's a wrapper in his mouth. I just washed my hands, kid. Maybe we should just kick you out of the kitchen. This was a foil wrapping for a chocolate. Like, I feed you. I give you snacks. I give you treats. (laughs) Like, I give you cuddles. You get walks. Like, (laughs) what more do you want that you have to, like... Go to like a quarter of a floor. 
He, he was like, yeah, you were like, bitch, I deserve everything. Anyways, I love my puppy. We all do. He's like my godson. Mm-hmm. But anyways, back to what you're doing. Oh, yeah. So I'm mincing garlic and ginger as small as I can with a knife. And so what we will do is we will um, add these both, both of these things in first. Let them cook a little bit and pretty much infuse the oil, cooking oil with ginger and garlic flavor. Um, that's when the house generally starts smelling really, really good. Uh, then we'll add the onions along with the spices. Let all of those cook. I think I'm going to use your wok to make this because um, this is your biggest. It's your biggest pan, right? Yeah, wok it out. Yeah, but <laughs> okay. So, we've got our garlic done, we've got our ginger done, we've got our um, onions done. As someone, like, who cooks at home, I love the aromatics of, like, you know, ginger, onion, green onion, and even, like, cilantro and stuff, but it's, like, so hard to, like, keep them fresh at home. Ginger? Not, Not ginger and garlic, but, like, green onion, cilantro, you know, those, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's always like like everybody gets into that mode. It's like maybe I should get an arrow garden and I'll just have it all in my house all the time but whenever no. I need it. But then it overgrows and people just never use it. Yeah, yeah. they and just also, get too like, big. It's annoying to like to go to a grocery store just to get green onions and cilantro too. Yeah, it's true. And then you try like growing some like scallion tips in your window and be like oh i'm just gonna try to regrow my green onions and then three weeks later it's like i've gone to the store like six times yeah during pandemic i think we all like grew our own green onion because we were bored <laughs> and it was like a tiktok cat it was but then it would regrow but it would regrow like smaller and weaker yes well you'd have to do it like it has to be in the sun um you have to do it like at full sunshine you have to change the water every time yeah like there's like a whole bunch of stuff that like would help it grow back stronger but like it never really and then eventually like i forget to change the water and then it would get like nasty and moldy and like and moldy and i'm like yeah we're done here (laughs) this is the last time i ever regrew green onion i'm gonna use the curry powder in your do you have unless you have like any kind of other curry powder in here um or do you have just the one that's on your spice rack? Just the one that is on my spice okay. rack. Okay, I'll I mix that up with the master sock. It'll be fine. It'll be good. Yeah. I mean, it's just meeting it, you know, whatever. Just yeah. throw it all, just throw it together. We will do that. We'll do it. <laughs> okay. When in doubt, MSG. Yeah, MSG. We will also add just a touch of MSG. Oh, you've got liquid seasoning. You got like Maggie seasoning here. That's nice. Your Maggie seasoning is like good, but also like you have to use very carefully. Oh yeah, I had two drops on an egg. Uh huh. That's that's pretty much like the extent of my use for it. If it's too much, like Maggie seasoning is like all you taste. That, yeah, yeah. Same with like dark soy sauce and stuff. Uh huh. Okay, so I'm going to use, well, no, I'm going to use a soybean oil. It's more neutral flavoring. So ginger first, and then just mix that up for a little bit. This is a cute rubber spatula. It's got like pears on it. Yeah. If it ain't cute, I ain't cooking with it. If I, like, put my microphone to this, does it sound like ASMR, or is it just loud? No, it sounds like ASMR. (laughs) Here, we'll let the um, folks hear the sizzle for a second. I hope everybody that's listening to this podcast is super hungry right now. (laughs) So now I am adding the onions to go along with the... Uh, ginger and the garlic and when you're making this for a curry 
you don't have to like, we're not trying to caramelize this. We're just pretty much trying to sweat out the onions. So once they get translucent, then they're pretty much ready for uh, the spices. Uh, so what is your favorite kind of curry? Is, is it the chana masala? Oh, um, okay, so before we get into that, yeah, I'm like always so scared to use the term curry because I heard curry is like a colonizer term. Uh, well, so, yes and no. No, no, so, so when it comes to like Indian dishes, like I always try to like not call them curry and call it by the specific dish. Yes. But then, like, Japanese or, like, Korean curry, you're allowed to call it curry, right? Yeah. The dish is called curry. Because it was also, like, that uh, version of curry was what was brought by British sailors to, like, other countries. So, Japanese curry, uh, Caribbean curry, Jamaican curry, Mm -hmm. like, those were all brought over by the British. And that is what it is as filtered out through them. So, curry powder is a British construct and a product of the empire and imperialism but over but the name came from from what i understand it came from the tamil world for sauce which is kare um so basically curry in south asia just means sauce and that's why everything else has their own specific names like chana masala or like a sag paneer which is the spinach-based green sauce with uh, the South Asian cheese. Um, but then somewhere else they would just call it like paneer curry or something like that. Mm. I, I forgot what they call it in Trader Joe's. I actually think they call it sag paneer in Trader Joe's. Oh, I think, I think so too. <coughs> Honestly, like, I love all curry dishes. Yeah. Like, so much. It's just like my favorite food. I can never get enough. Oh, I should mention that, like, one of the only existing and historic curry cultures that did not originate through, I think, British imperialism is, like, South Asian, Southeast Asian curry, like Thai curry. I think that is totally unique for themselves. Mm. But that's me just saying stuff without access to Google right now because I'm over a stove. So <laughs> that's funny uh, you mentioned that because um, I do love green curry, mm. and I also love masama curry. Mm, yes, uh, but I also love like Japanese curry. I mean, Japanese curry is so interesting because they use like sweet things in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a brown gravy, basically. Yeah, it's like a brown gravy. But, like, that curry is the best to mix with cheese. Mm. Like, not, not like paneer cheese, but, like, mozzarella cheese or cheddar cheese, cheese and yeah. stuff like that. Like, that curry is, like, the best to, to pair with, like, any kind of, like, Western cheeses with. That's it why also, you have, like, curry pans and stuff like that. It also, like, goes great with, like, raw egg, natto... Not it's pretty versatile. Yeah, it is very versatile. And mild. Like, even Japanese hot curries are just, like, I don't think they're spicy at all. Yeah, I don't think anything in Japan is, like, spicy. Yeah. I've it's seen a couple of Chinese taste. curries, too. In Hong Kong, I've had, like, frog leg curry, and it has, like, a very strong, like, umami flavor, anise flavor, but then you also have, like, northern chinese like curry flavorings um Mm -hmm. like in uyghur cuisine where they have like the curry noodles and stuff like that those are really good i don't know Mm -hmm. if that was brought over by the british though or that like traveled along the silk road over time on its own uh Uh, when it comes to indian uh, my my favorite dish is probably dal tatka what's that it's um like a lentil cooked with like oil. Oh, dal! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's really good. And it's so good. Um, they're they're basically, it's basically like buttery lentil, lentil like gravy. Is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I love, love bindi masala. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I love okra. Uh, whenever I go to Indian restaurant, like. Like, my, my top, top twists are Sangin Berta, which is, like, eggplant. Ooh. 
Bendy and masala. that eggplant is generally really spicy, right? It's pretty spicy. It can be spicy, but also it can be mild too. I've had it like both ways. But again, I can't speak on like what the true authentic like this is supposed to be like because you know. Uh-huh. But do tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Every now and then, I do love a good chicken makani. What's that? Butter chicken. Ooh, yeah. You know? Like, I feel like it's such like, a basic thing to say, but... Like, it's good. <laughs> I mean, it's popular for a reason. I wish we had more um, options in Detroit for... In, like, Detroit proper for Indian food, but we don't. Did you know that um, chicken tikka masala is officially considered like the national dish of UK? Yeah, it was invented there, right? They're crazy. And I think chicken tikka masala is solely responsible for um, me falling in love with ethnic food. Because I just grew up basically only eating like Korean food or American food. Yeah. And I ventured out to like an Indian restaurant when I was in high school. Um... And it was like an Indian buffet. Ooh, okay. Um, I think it was like $10 a person. But at the time, like, that was like a lot of money to me, you know? So it was yeah. like a special treat that I would save up money for. Um, but it got you taste- a lot of food, though, probably. Oh, I I think I ate like four plates every time I've gone. Like, I would make sure I would like leave uncomfortably full. <laughs> Again, like, when you're poor... And, you know, like, you go to, like, these, like, buffet places. Uh-huh. It's almost like, you know, like, you feel like you have to get your money's worth and then some. Uh-huh. It took me so long to realize, like, you don't have to eat like that, to, you know? Right. It took me so long to, like, realize, like, how to, like, eat to enjoy, not, like, eat to... Survive. Know, survive and get my money's worth. Right. But anyways, um, that chicken tikka masala is, like, one of the first Indian dishes I've ever tasted. And I'm like... What is this dish that is, like, so creamy and, like, tangy and meaty, mm. like, that goes so well with this, like, fragrant, like, rice that, like, does not stick together at all? Do you have um, tomato paste? Tomato paste I do not. No? I'm going to use not. sambal and uh, denjang then and see what happens. <laughs> Just, like, throw random things together? Yeah. I also have tomatoes. Ooh, yeah, okay. We are in California. These should be like the best tomatoes ever. Do you see them? Uh, are they in the fridge? No. Oh, you think I put my tomatoes in the fridge? That was Excuse a test. Excuse me. I don't see your tomatoes. Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. These will actually be perfect. Ha! He thinks I refrigerate my tomatoes. <laughs> It is actually okay to refrigerate your tomatoes if they look like they're about to go bad tomorrow. That yeah, is the only are, time. But those are fresh tomatoes. Yes. I will not make a mealy by putting them in the refrigerator. And actually, it's okay if you, like, if you refrigerate your tomatoes and then you bring them back out and let them, like, come back to room temperature. Mm-hmm. Then they get to be, like, I think they get back to, like, 80% of their, like good tomatoiness um but yeah obviously if they look like they're gonna like get moldy or stuff like that refrigerating your tomatoes is better than wasting your tomatoes always sometimes like i do enjoy a cold tomato (laughs) Mm. yeah if it's tasty enough were you when you were eating tomatoes growing up were you like a salt or sugar person with with tomatoes yeah Every I feel like every you culture does it differently. Sugar? Wait, who? I've never heard of that. A lot of people eat their tomatoes with sugar. Really? I'm adding some yeah. to this. We do need it. some spiciness in there. In here, spiciness is vibrance. Um, I've never heard about that. I've always thought tomatoes was a savory thing. No, a lot of people yeah, sugar their tomatoes. Oh, interesting. So they add. Like, and then just eat it? Like, sprinkle, sprinkle sugar, sugar onto the tomatoes and eat it, yeah. Oh, no, I've... Yeah, no. <laughs> I'll try it. What does it taste like? Have you done it? Um, no. no. I'm not a sweet person, so... Oh, yeah, it's true. 
evidenced by the fact that I've eaten like all of your sweets while I was on this trip. That's true, and I don't even care. I know. Whereas it's like we're do- we're doing each other favors. Exactly. Eat my sweets, fatty. <laughs> Alright, come here really quick and take a look at this before I blend it and mix it with coconut milk. Okay, coming. Oh, actually, I'll bring it over. So this is what it looks like before I turn it into a paste. But smell it. Smells good, right? Wait, wait, wait. Poison test. (laughs) That's just the onion. Mm. Yeah. Mmm. We'll be right back. I'm going to blend this stuff real quick. I'm going to add coconut milk to it, and then I'm going to blend it. Then it will be like the curry. Hello, everyone. We're back. Back, 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 back again. (laughs) So John has finished cooking the curry. Yeah, and I totally lost track of time the first time because I'm not in front of the computer. So I didn't realize it had already been like 50 minutes but I was having fun. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to taste the curry now. Yeah, me too. So I'm just uh, dishing up the rice now. I know you have your thoughts on using Korean rice for curry, but I think it's going to be great. Basically, everything was put together. I blended all of the ingredients except for the squash or, yeah, the kabocha squash. And um, I cooked the kabocha squash in the blended coconut milk and uh, spices and ginger, garlic, and onions. Uh, so yeah, everything's like all really soft and tasty now. Yeah, I wish some of the listeners could smell my house right now. Oh, it smells really My good. apartment smells rich. Yeah. There was no like star anise or anything in the house, unfortunately. But I use the Master Stock seasoning, which has all of that stuff in there already. So if you don't have that, you can use the seasoning in a pinch. And of course, I added like a little bit of salt and pepper as well. But you can add more salt if you'd like. But yeah, it's very, very thick. Probably needs just a tiny bit of salt and seasoning to touch. And you can like do whatever you want with this. As with there, there are like no rules in home cooking. You can do chili oil on top. To make it spicier, you can do salt, you can do just salt and pepper if you want, you can do other spices or other spice blends, but also, this one's really healthy, um, not much oil except to saute the vegetables, um, and other than that, it is all made just out of vegetables. The coconut milk is probably the most calorically dense thing in this. But that's what makes it so yummy. It is what makes it so yummy. Also, it's good fat that burns fat. Yes. I've never heard that before, but I'm going to believe it tonight. Really? Yeah. Where's that from? There's like, um... I don't want to get into like too scientific things. But there's um, a good fat that burns fat, and there's like bad fat that gets stored in your system. Huh. I have no idea. Um, I'll give you the smaller amount, because I know you're about your fitness right now. Excuse me? <laughs> Is there more for seconds if I desire? Uh, girl, there's more for the rest of the week if you want. Also, there was so much food that I made with only one pumpkin and two onions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, uh, what about eggs? Oh, yeah, eggs. That'll be really quick. Hold on. Oh, wait, did you say you wanted hard-boiled eggs or do you want a fried egg? Oh, uh, whatever's quicker. Well, I have hard-boiled eggs ready. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. What do you think will be better with this um, concoction? Uh, probably a fried egg. Then let's go fried egg. I'm going to fry you an egg. Hold on. That's going to be really quick. But you can taste it first. Let me know if mm. you need any salt or anything. No, it's um, plenty salty already. Okay. Oh, mix it around because I added some salt on top. No, it's good. Okay. Mmm, it's like creamy, velvety. Mm-hmm. From, like, the pumpkin? Yeah. Oh, I've got green onions for it, too. Oh, yeah, that that little crunch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the sound of green onion. 
How does Green Onion just manage to brighten up every dish? Everything, that it's in? everything is just so good. Because I know you have so many eggs to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know about the rest of the world, but LA was going through like an egg shortage. So whenever you go to a grocery store, eggs were either like ten dollars a carton, or they just like didn't have them at all. And then they recently um, just went back down to like three dollars a carton. So I picked up two cartons. <laughs> well, because I, I knew like John was going to be here like yeah. this week too. Um, but we didn't go through as many eggs as I thought we did. <laughs> No, because I ended up also buying, like, century eggs for your kanji. Mm-hmm. So we ended up eating that a lot. Honestly, egg is, like, probably my favorite protein. Yeah, I agree. It's just, like, so versatile. Mm-hmm. And it's so yummy. No green on in your curry? Oh, I will put some. I just wanted to get your egg going first. <laughs> you mean our egg? Our eggs. Oh, and there's a fried egg for my curry. <laughs> Looks beautiful. All right. I'm going to get mine all set up. No egg for you? Oh, no, I'm cooking it now. So after we finish this podcast, what we should do is um, watch another episode of Beef. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like Beef is like the new show that everybody's talking about, but... Yeah, we've just been doing stuff all week, and we haven't been able to catch up on the show at all. Right. Oh, that sizzle. Yeah? Is that it? Mm-hmm. What do you think of the curry in general? Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah. It's very hearty, warms me up from the inside. Nice. Sweet and salty, which is a great combination. I'm probably using, like, a fifth of the amount of spices that I normally use, because obviously I just don't have access to everything that I have at home. Mm-hmm. But I think I may do. In my poor old kitchen. Your kitchen is just <laughs> so fine. barren. Your kitchen <laughs> is just fine. But at the same time, you've seen my kitchen. John's kitchen is very impressive. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen it all in his um, YouTube video. That's what um, Detroit Mortgage gets you. <laughs> I'm going to eat over here so it doesn't echo. So how do you like it with the Korean rice, though? Right, it actually works really well. Yeah. Because, like, the rice is, like, hearty from, like, all the um, mixed grains. Mm-hmm. It pairs nicely with the um, velvety curry. Mm. It's very good. Could be a little spicier if you want some hot sauce. I'll get you some. But I think that's our show. Because uh, we have to eat this, and I don't want to chew on the microphone. Yeah. So, if you like this like, format of us cooking and talking, um, let us know in the DM of One For The Table Instagram, and we'll do more of these. Yeah. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe, and mm-hmm. how does the rest of it go? Um, don't be a hater, because we don't like haters. <laughs> and, um, yeah, if there's any, um, if you have any questions, feel free to um, DM our Instagram as well. Um, if, you, if there's any guests that um, you want to hear us talk to, tell them to message us. Everybody's welcome on our podcast. Totally. All right. I will see you guys later. Have a great week. <laughs>